If you're ready, say amen. amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're getting ready to read the word of God today, found in Luke chapter 2, verse 7. We're continuing as Savior is born. Pastor Chris gave me one verse and an idea, and he said, hey, talk about this. So we're going to do that. We're going to zoom in on the story of the Savior being born and something kind of special that stood out in the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so let's read that together in Luke 2, verse 7. It says, And she, being Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out, in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you, turn to your neighbor and say, Unto you, <laughs> unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known, known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. Verse 19, last verse. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, that when we look into your word, you speak to us individually, directly. I pray, Lord, that your word would take root today and accomplish everything that you designed for it to accomplish. Change us this morning by renewing our mind. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Unto you, a Savior is born. Unto you. So I'm going to do something I don't usually do. I'm a bit, I'm a bit bad at it. I'm going to talk about myself. A little awkward. We're going to make it through it, okay? Um, this time of year can cause me to reflect on the Savior. Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us, unto you a Savior is born. You know, when Pastor Chris gave that verse to me this week to think about, it instantly just brought me back to 17 years ago. I did the math. Being a 16-year-old kid, let me, let me rephrase that, a rebellious 16-year-old kid, and, and I was invited to a youth group called 1-8 Youth. If you know, you know. And my rebellious life collided at a youth group called 1-8 Youth with the love of Christ, with salvation, the gospel message. 
You see, when I was before 16, I was uh, just blatantly rebelling against my household. Nothing my parents, you could, it is inarguably I had a great set of parents who tried their hardest. But typical wayward son fashion, I chose to go my own way. I skipped a lot of school when I was a freshman and sophomore. I was drinking a lot, getting high. And I actually had a guidance counselor tell me that if I, actually once I came to my senses, gave my life to Christ, and was completely transformed by God's love when I was 16 years old, I had a guidance counselor tell me, there is not a proper amount of night school, summer school, any kind of school, in which there's no scenario in which you graduate on time. That's embarrassing. You know, so I had to, I loved high school so much, I stayed an extra year. And um, my young rebellious life collided with the gospel of Christ 17 years ago, right here in this church, actually up in the lobby space, the old sanctuary in a youth group called One Hate Youth. And I was completely transformed. I remember telling friends, just like, I played in a little band. I was the drummer in a band. And I, I just remember going to them and just saying, if you guys don't play Christian music, I'm not your drummer. And I was, I was just leaving all kinds of friends behind and habits and attitudes. And I was, I was legitimately being transformed by the love of Christ. Does anybody, can anybody relate to that? I was legitimately being transformed by God's love in a real way. And I just remember thinking, I remember telling Pastor Chris I, when I was a kid, I said, man, I, I, I want this to happen to everybody. Like, this is so awesome. I, I, want, I, want, I want to see a hundred people this to happen to. And so 2022 will be my 12th year in ministry. And wouldn't you know it, I have seen it happen to hundreds and hundreds of people being transformed by the love of God. Man, that's good. So this time of year, I have godly triggers, man. Christmas. They just caused me to think, like, you were a kid. You were an idiot. And God saved your life. Don't forget that. And, and you might not have my story, you know, where you were dramatically transformed. You know, you could have a completely different story, but there is a moment, there is an experience that you have that you can look back and say, God, God did something in my life. God transformed me. And... um Christmas brings it back. If you, if, if you ever come and we do, a, we do baptisms and we have a, a tank of water here and, and people who are discovering the love of Christ get in the tank and, and they, they get baptized. You see me back here on the bass guitar sometimes. I just can't even open my eyes. I'm no good because baptisms are a trigger for me. They'll, they'll bring me back. And, um, you know, I think triggers in this culture get a bad rap. You know, like, oh, I got triggered to something bad. And, and how many know we need godly triggers in our life that when we see things and experience things, it takes us back to the moment of our salvation. And, and baptisms will do that for me. Um, a good worship song will do that for me. Oh, come on. Zach Clark singing champion will do that to me. And I'll go, yes, I'm just triggered. Like, okay, here you are. You're, you're, that, you're that 16-year-old idiot. And his love is coming to you again. And, and, and we, need, we need godly triggers. So 
Good preaching will trigger me. How many know we get that every single week? And um, I'm getting to a point. Salvation was meant to be personal. Salvation has to be personalized with you. The Bible says that unto you a child was born. Let's, let's look at those verses together. God intended salvation to be personal. You have to make it personal. Verse 10, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you, unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Man, that just makes me, that makes me excited. I'm going to get to this part early. I did it at the end kind of last service. But um, when you open your Bible, that's, you know, on your phone. You know, when you open the Bible, I'm assuming when you open the Bible, I know I'm talking to myself, I need to open the Bible more. But when you do, take five extra seconds and just say, God, this is personal. You did something in my life, and I'm making it personal right now. Like, I, I need to hear from you. And, and how many know God's word is how he communicates to us today? And if you just take an extra five seconds and say, I'm going to make this personal, and I need to hear from you, he's faithful. He's faithful to talk. So I'm reading this. And I'm seeing, for unto you a child is born. Unto you a Savior is born. I'm thinking, man, here we go. I'm back. And I'm making the point that the gospel message has to be taken personally. That, that God deals with us directly. Man, can you come to church and worship corporately and hear a word from God? Yes. Can, can you be in a group of people and, and receive prayer and, and hear from the Lord? Yes. But does God talk to you directly? Yes. He came to the shepherds directly. Sent, sent an angel directly to him and said, unto you. Unto you. Pastor Chris pointed out that they, it was shepherds. It was the least likely group of people that would have a savior unto them. And God came directly to him and said, unto you a savior is born. God dealt with Mary directly. She said, you will remain a virgin and, and carry the savior of the world. And then to Joseph directly. And then we're going to read a little bit later to Paul directly. And God still deals with us directly. Amen? Amen. It's this mindset that it's not just a great message at a fun time of year, but it's a great message for me. And I need to hear it. It's for my life. It's for my kids. It's, it's for my marriage. It's for my future. It's for my job. It's for my friendships. It's for me. It has to be personalized. It has to mean something 
the word of the Lord has to mean, has to be personalized before it's ever materialized. So deal with him directly. I want to challenge you. Deal with him directly. The Bible says that through Christ, we can approach the throne room of God with confidence and ask for whatever we need and, and that, and that God being a good, good father will give us what we need and more. So get personal with it. I often rely on godly triggers to, to go back to where I need to go. And I'm working on in my life just trying to, just trying to remain consistent in my personal relationship with Christ that it, it doesn't take baptisms or, or, or any kind of special event for me to go back to where I need to go. And um, my, my challenge for everybody today and for myself is make it personal this coming year. When you open your Bible, make it personal. When you come to church, make it personal in your prayer time. Let the Lord know your expectations. Like, God, I, I, expect, I, I expect you to be who you say you are in your word this year. Get in his face in a good way. <laughs> make God's promises personal. Well, I don't think anybody did that more than Mary. Mary made it personal. And you might be thinking, well, she had no choice. But I want to make the argument this morning that everybody has a choice, even Mary. And Mary chose to personalize the things of God. And she had a mindset after she personalized it that I want to, I want to highlight. And her mindset we read about in the 19th verse of Luke 2. And it said that, you know, there's... there's the angel of the Lord would come to the shepherds and the shepherds would respond in great fear and they would wonder what is all of this about and you can see there's confusion and then in direct contrast it says but Mary treasured these things in her heart what's that verse all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them but Mary treasured up all these things pondering them in her heart, this was a direct contrast to the overreaction happening all around the all around the world. Even that the shepherds responded in fear, and the and, and kings responded in in fear, and, and and wise men responded with haste, and, and all this um, reaction and, and and energy happening. And Mary, it says, it says, but Mary just treasured these things and pondered them. In her heart, and the word ponder there, I was seeing in a, um, upon studying that word a little more in a commentary that the word ponder means uh, to consider the meaning of it all. And while, while people are responding in fear and haste and confusion, you have Mary who is just kind of treasuring these details and wondering, what's all this mean? What's all this mean? And so, I want to I want to I want to make the argument that Mary had um, she had more than one reason to be upset. I want you to just whatever you walked in here with and whatever you're thinking about right now, just just put it off to the side for a second. Really think about this for a second with Mary and an angel of the Lord appearing to her and telling her that she is going to become pregnant with the Savior of the Lord and still be a virgin. 
she had to, she had to uh, forsake her reputation. And it's just not the same as like a 16-year-old kid <laughs> having to make new friends. It's just not the same. Like the amount of sacrifice that Mary had to make to say yes to the Lord was unbelievable. Uh, the Bible says that, that her fiancé, once he found out the news, was, was getting ready to divorce her quietly because he was an, a man of honor and he thought to himself, I'm not going to ruin her reputation any more than it already is and already needs to be. So he's got it in his mind. He's going to divorce her. And the angel appears to him and says, no, 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 don't do that yet. Don't, or don't do that at all. <laughs> don't do that. And, um, and, and they, they allow their reputations to be ruined together. Because the Bible doesn't indicate that the angels appeared to their parents, <laughs> to, their, to their mom, to their dad, to the people in the town, to the, the pastor down the road at the church. You know, he, the angel didn't stop by and explain it to anybody else. So you had two people who relied on faith, hearing directly from God, and let their reputations go. Yeah, we're going to be that couple. Child out of wedlock. We're going to, you know, it's just mysterious. Man, she had more than one reason to be upset. I don't know many people that are willing to let their reputations go. And then she had to find out that she would need to carry this child 90 miles. I'm not signing up for that. I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, if I was a woman, which I'm not, I don't understand what a woman goes through with pregnancy. But I know it's more than the man, right? And I thought to myself, man, if I was Mary, I would say to Joseph, you go, it's your family, your census, I'm staying right here. But she just accepted that there would be some traveling involved in her story. And because it was personal and because she had the mindset that she knew, she knew what she was carrying, amen? Mary knew what she was carrying. That she was able to perceive this inconvenience as a treasure. Man, because it seemed like Mary's mindset was, I already said yes to the first thing. Like the savior of the world is, I already said yes to that. What, what, what point would it make to say yeah, or to say no to anything else after that? Like I gave God the yes. And, and after salvation, after the message, she, she had plenty of reasons to be upset, but she wasn't. The Bible doesn't record any of her uh, uh, moments of being upset if she was. Discovering that there's no room in the inn when she gets there. I mean, come on. Discovering that the only place possible to lay, her to, lay down... Uh, the newborn king is a manger in a stable. I mean, what kind of mom? I mean, really? Man, 
It sounds to me like this was personal to her. And she did not care what happened. She was going to bring the Savior into the world. And she was going to treasure it. It had, been a, it had been for her a wild ride. And I wanted to point out that there's always, if we make the gospel personal, you've heard Pastor Chris say this before, that just because people get saved doesn't mean our lives get any better. It doesn't mean that our circumstances change, is what I mean. It means if, if things were falling apart before you met Christ, they're you're going to be in the same circumstances. You just now, now, now you know who Jesus is, and you can turn things around. But our circumstances won't change just because we know Christ. Does that make sense? Um, and that God, God empowers us to, to, to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> he empowers us to make it through, to make a way through our circumstances when we don't see a way through our circumstances. And um, there's always a choice to be made. You might think, well, Mary didn't have a choice. God came right to her. I I want to argue that she had choices every single day to make when she's hiking 90 miles, when she's finding out there's no room for, uh, for... for her and Joseph in the end, when she's finding out that her reputation is going to be ruined, there, there were opportunities to react to circumstances very negatively. And I want to say that there are two ways to respond to our lives and that we can respond like Mary and treasure things, or we could respond and um, really negatively to things. The point I'm making is Mary worked out whatever grievances she had by saying yes to God. And she made, made it her choice to treasure everything. So I want to ask you at the end of the year, I want you to think back. What good things can you ponder right now? I mean, what, what good things can you ponder that happened this year that God did? Ponder the things that God has done for you. We need to be able to remember what we are carrying. Mary had the unique ability to do this because she was pregnant with the Savior of the world. She knew what she was carrying. So this time of year, I have to be reminded of what I'm carrying. See, when I was introduced to Christ and transformed 17 years ago, man, I told you I had that attitude. I want everybody to, for, I want this to happen to everybody. And, and everybody who I bumped into or family members, everybody knew what was happening to me. And it was, it was just like a whirlwind of God's love. And this time of year, I'm reminded 17 years later, because how many know sometimes that fire dies. You know, sometimes it doesn't feel like the Lord is with us. Sometimes it doesn't feel like Emmanuel. Sometimes it doesn't feel like salvation is personal. And, and, and it re- I rely on these godly triggers sometimes, and God reminds me, hey, remember what you're carrying. Re- remember remember that, that, that whirlwind of God's love uh, that you carried to every single person that you talked to. And I have to be reminded, oh my goodness, um, 
I'm responsible for this. I'm carrying something special. I'm carrying something special. You have to believe that. God's done, God's done things in your life. Amen. God has done things in your life. What can you think about? His promises, his, his salvation. I think obedience is super important here. I think Mary is a perfect example of obedience, of just saying, what does she say at the very, when the angel visitor, let it be unto me as you've said. Just total obedience, yes. Obedience is setting aside circumstances to see treasure. Setting aside circumstances to see treasure. It isn't exactly how I thought it was going to be, but I'm going to see treasure. It's, a, it's, a, it's an obedience thing. It's a faith thing. It's a daily commitment. And I want to make a, make a quick point here that the more difficult life gets, the more important it is to be able to see treasure. And you may be walking through something this Christmas that you, you, you just you have no idea how treasure could even be possible. But I want to let you know that obedience looks like choosing treasure no matter what. Amen? Yes. Choosing treasure no matter what. Will you choose to see treasure in your life? I want to transition to a, to a guy in the Bible who I think did this really well, the Apostle Paul. He, he did what Mary did. He was able to personalize the gospel message. He was able to see treasure. And then he was able to even see treasure ahead. And so I want, I want to read this real quick. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Someone say personalize it. Because Christ Jesus made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize, treasure, of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, Christ made me his own, so I'm in the process of making him my own. And I may not get it right, but one thing I do, I press on to the treasure, to the prize that he has called me heavenward. This is a mindset. This is a mindset. You have to think about the story of the Apostle Paul, just for a second. Saul, the Bible says that while he was still breathing out murderous threats against the church, this guy went from arresting Christians and trying to destroy followers of the way, which was Christianity, to meeting God, to being transformed by his love, to making Christians. I mean, from persecuting Christians, experiencing God, 
making Christians. This is a, this is a total personal moment. The Bible says that, that while Saul was on the road to Damascus, a great light from heaven blinded him, knocked him off his horse. And that there was a great voice from heaven and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And then he says, I will, you are my chosen vessel to take the gospel message to the Gentile and all the world. And he said, I will show you how much you must suffer for my name. And in a moment, Saul became the apostle Paul. And God dealt with Paul directly. And Paul was able to personalize it. And then I want to point out that after that, Paul was able to see treasure everywhere. And this is kind of what I'm getting to, that, that it's a mindset that you have to put on, that there really is a mind of Christ to put on that says, if you can take a guy who, who counted Christians as worthless, ready to throw them out, and then change his mind and, 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 and treasure Christ and Christianity, if you, could, if you could change our minds from, from worthless, ready to throw it out, to treasure, let's get more of it. If he can do that to Paul, he can do it for us. Amen? Amen. And he did that in Joseph's life with Mary. Joseph was ready to divorce her quietly. And God said, no, 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 don't throw it out. Don't throw it out. It's treasure. And God met Paul and said, that's treasure. And so I want to challenge all of us this morning to think about our lives in the context of treasure. And to have the mindset that, man, if it's personal, there's treasure around me. If, if salvation is personal, there's not only treasure around me, there's treasure ahead of me. And Paul said, I press, I press on towards the prize. There's treasure ahead. There's treasure here. Paul was able to see treasure in the past, the present, and the future. I mean, I don't have the greatest past, but I don't hate it. Somebody, somebody, or some of y'all might hate your past and be thinking, man, that's got nothing to do with anything we don't even need to be talking about. I want you to think about Paul's life, for Saul to Paul, his life for a second. He did not have a pretty past. But yet he was able to, at the end of his life, stand before Caesar and count all of it joy count all of it treasure. He was able to look into his past and say, God, that was not cool, but there was some treasure there. There was some treasure there. I would have done it differently, but there was some treasure there. There's treasure here. You cannot read a book of the New Testament without Paul saying, talking about other people saying, man, Timothy, all the brothers and sisters, he was there's treasure here. And, and then he would say there's treasure ahead. So you can see how we, ha- we have the choice to treasure. It's a choice. Paul did what Mary did. So I have this one New Year's resolution. 
And um, I'm not the kind of guy that can make like this big list of things to accomplish for next year. I know some of you are, and everybody's different. But if I make a list of things to accomplish, I'll forget everything on the list. (laughs) Oh, man. I'll just look at it and go, nope. (laughs) So I kind of have to think about my life in big picture ideas. And if there's one thing that I want to commit to in 2022, it's to see more treasure. And I think it's so easy to go through life without having to think about treasure. And for me, it's a conviction because I work at a church. (laughs) I'm supposed to see it. And it's easy to go into work and to come home and to do the things at home and to go to bed and to go into work and to come home and to do the things at home and go to bed and then try to make sense of it all on the weekends and go an entire week or a couple of weeks and really not notice anything special. And this time of year can really be a reminder for me like, oh, Adam, there's treasure there. There's treasure everywhere. There's treasure in those kids of yours whom get on your nerves. There's treasure in that marriage you've got that you don't always enjoy. There's treasure in that job that you go to. There's, there's, There's treasure in those relationships and those friendships that you're taking for granted. There's treasure everywhere. And if there's one thing that I want to commit to doing better, it's being able to stop in the mornings and say, God, show me the treasure. If you love me so much that you sent your son to die for me on the cross and you counted me as a treasure, then show me the treasure everywhere. Amen? That is my hope for for next year. It's one thing that I'm super committed to to doing and I want to challenge you to see more treasure in, in 2022. I'm going to talk about one more thing that the scripture pointed out that Mary did. Uh, I don't have the verse for it on the screen, so you just have to trust me. Is that all right? You guys know the Christmas story. The Bible says that before she laid Mary into the manger, she swaddled him and laid him in the manger. So I was reading some commentary on that verse, and I, I was blown away like, man, that's significant. What they would do, we do it today with a lot less material. We have Velcro. <laughs> you know, we wrap the babies up and Velcro it, stick them in there, and they can't move. You know, it's supposed to simulate, like, their mother's womb. It's supposed to make them comfortable, safe. Well, they would take these long strips of linen. <laughs> Probably not unlike the linen that Christ was buried with. And they would wrap their babies up in them. And it was a symbol from a mother to a child of great joy, great protection, great treasure. And and they would take time to do it. I mean, these were huge strips of material. And, and, And it says that she swaddled him and laid him in a manger. Those are two different things. She cared for him totally and laid him in a manger. (laughs) Kind of irresponsibly, right? 
So I want you to consider something before we, before the new year that, that you can treasure things that don't make sense. You can treasure things that are difficult to go through. You can treasure things that other people can't treasure. And that at the same time that you're forced, I'm telling you, forced to put it in, to put the baby in a manger, reputation out the window, uh, disgusting circumstances, outside of your control, this is the last ditch effort to bring the Savior, to put it in a manger, but you can swaddle it first. And even though circumstances might be out of your control and you're forced to do things that you don't want to do, you can still treasure it first. And Mary, Mary did that. She said, it may have to be in a manger, but I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to ponder this for a long time. I'm going to treasure this. I know what I'm carrying, and I'm going, I'm going to do this with all my heart. So seeing treasure is a choice. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite the band back up. Your Christmas present for me to you is getting out of church early. <laughs> um, man, there's just something hit me preparing for this message. Pastor Skip asked me earlier, man, how do you put it all together? I don't know. Pastor Chris gave me a verse and an idea and the rest of it just came together. But it really hit me that unto me a savior was born. And it really just brought me back right to a 16-year-old idiot who didn't want anything to do with the church, didn't want anything to do with, man, anything. An idiot. And brought me back to the salvation of my soul. And then just the mindset of Mary to, to have a child in the manner she had to because she loved God. It just, it, I, I was preparing for the word and I look up, those of you who might know, I'm in a new house. And we've, we haven't even had time to ha like hang pictures and stuff yet, but we, we got pictures done a couple months ago and there was just these pictures of, one was of my two kids and one was of the four of us. They were just leaning against the wall and I'm doing my message and I, I just happened to start gazing at these pictures. You know how it is. When you love somebody. Oh. And man, God said to me just so clearly. He said, there's treasure there. There's treasure there. And I'm looking at the four of us and I see me and my big goofy smile. And I'm like, God, like 17 years ago, it started right there. You came to me as a young man and you invested in me and I found treasure in Christ. And it was like this moment that I'm, I'm thinking to myself, the treasure has to start somewhere. And I'm thinking, man, because of it, because it did, it multiplied. And it multiplied treasure after treasure after treasure. And I'm thinking, thank you, God. 
Thank you for showing me this. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my wife. Thank you. And it just hit me. Man, there's treasure there. There's treasure in the past. There's treasure right now. And there's treasure to come. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. The band's going to sing. I just wanted to challenge you before we go. That you can find it if you look for it. Come on, look, look to your neighbor and say, you can find it if you look for it. Oh, God is so good that he has given you the treasure of the world who came from heaven to earth and died on a cross for our sin. And he counted you as a treasure. He said, unto you a savior is born this day. And I want you to personalize that. Don't go into 2022 without personalizing that message. Come on, there's treasure there. There's treasure in your life. There's treasure in your kids. There's treasure in your marriage. There's treasure in your future. Man, there's so much treasure in your life. It is ridiculous. But God has to, he has to get you to see it. So my prayer for you is to be able to go into the new year and be able to look for treasure everywhere. In the bad, in the good, in the unreal, unbelievable circumstances. Be happy when it's, when it's good and be committed to treasure when it's bad. And I think if you do that, you'll be able to see treasure all year long. Amen.